This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. If they expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing, I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. Hello and welcome back to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I'm Billy Molly and today I'm joined by Finley Cannon as we look ahead to what is game week 17, Bournemouth away. We've just had a manic week, Finn, where we've you know, gone toe-to-toe with Manchester City and Arsenal. And, you know, you, you'd think that Bournemouth, going to Bournemouth might be a, a drop-down um, in terms of intensity, in terms of um, difficulty of match. But when you see the corner they've turned, it's going to be another massive, massive test. And I think that's probably the, the motto of the Premier League. Yeah, it's, obviously you'd expect this week to be a bit calmer. There's less games. It's much more relaxed almost this week. But yeah, then you go into a team that's just beaten Man United 3-0 or on a really good run themselves. So you just look forward and you just think, oh, where are the next points coming? But it's certainly an opportunity. Yeah, it's a strange position to be in because obviously for, for Luton, performances have been very good. Um, we can take a lot of spirit, a lot of confidence from what we what we put out against uh, Man City and Arsenal. Um, but yeah, we look at Bournemouth as a very, um, very much informed team. So a, a squad that may have started to finally find their feet after what was a difficult start and a few new faces to add in. Of course, a new manager as well. We'll get into all of that before we do the full preview. Just call to like this video on YouTube and share 
also subscribe to the channel if you enjoy what you're seeing we'll also mention as well we've got a couple of tenable tenable lists coming today finn will be trying his hand at um following um sort of the success of the last one it's backed by popular demand um really throwing finn under the bus because i just told him about it a few minutes ago um so yeah sorry finn but we move on um so yeah bournemouth away finn it's another one down by the coast um you you think of the first couple of away games chelsea and uh brighton two southern ones and, and fulham as well we've we've gone up north for a fair few away games when, when you think of the last few ones um but back with bournemouth it's as we mentioned 13 points from five games that's fantastic for for any premier league team let alone a team that have been mentioned in association with the relegation places um as we mentioned that they've really really turned the corner yeah and they're, and they're one of the top teams in terms of the current form if you look at the table based on form they're right up there competing with some of the biggest teams in the league so it's certainly not a team to be sneered at as well. Iriola's got them playing really good football. Um, it's taken some time for them to get going under him, but they look incredibly dangerous now and it's going to be a massive test for Luton. And no matter what the team Rob Edwards puts out, they'll know they're in for a test against Bournemouth. It's an interesting place to go. It's not somewhere you expect a hostile atmosphere, but you know you're in for a game against that side. As we mentioned, it was a struggling start, 13 points from five games, and now they sit comfortably 14th, um, 19 points from their first 16 games. Comfortable gap from the relegation places, and I guess with it being, I think, their second season back in the top flight, what do you think the ambition would be? Do you think they will have their sights set on, um, you know, even the top half, looking at how things have panned out so far, or do you think it's another season of just ensuring you know, they survive um, and, and you know, with Iriola coming in for his first season, is it about him settling down and, and, you know, next season will be where they really want to progress or do you think it's a little bit earlier? Uh, I guess because it's only the second season back in the Premier League, obviously they were up there before for a few years, competing, getting in and amongst it under Eddie Howe, but now they're back up, it's a new manager they're probably looking to consolidate first of all, make sure they're still in the Premier League next season. And then I imagine they're looking to really push on from there and seeing what they can do and cause a few upsets in the Premier League, more so next year than this year. But they're already causing some problems for a lot of big clubs, as we mentioned before. And they've got some really good players in that team that can cause problems for anyone they come up against. Look up front, they've got Dominic Solanke, who's gonna, who can score in any game, give him a chance, and he's likely to put the ball in the back of the net. And then in midfield, they've got so many options, both in central midfield and in wide areas. So they are a really dangerous team. And I imagine they've got big ambitions for the next few seasons. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking they definitely just want to consolidate this season, make sure they're still in the Premier League and maybe just move on from that in the seasons to come. Let's talk about their managerial situation because we, we've alluded to the fact that Iriola is a new manager in, in the Premier League. There was a few eyebrows raised when when Bill Foley um, made the decision to part company with Gary O'Neill, who who in his own right was a, a success at Bournemouth, um, keeping them up last season when, when many had doubts about whether they'll still be a Premier League club. Um, brought in 
Iriola from Real Velicano, um had a, a, grown a really, really strong reputation of playing good football. It was a massive, massive call, um, given, you know, O'Neill probably earned the right to, to continue. But I guess it shows bravery, it shows boldness, it shows uh, direction from from the hierarchy at Bournemouth. What, what did you make of it at the time? And, and you know, can we finally say it's paying dividends? So when they made the decision to sack Gary O'Neill, however it went down at Bournemouth, it was certainly one that raised a lot of eyebrows. And I, for one, agreed with that. I thought he'd done a brilliant job keeping them up, as you mentioned, when a lot of people expected them to go down. And I really did think he was going to be given a second chance to move on with what he was doing and carry on working with the team. But I guess they saw the opportunity to bring in someone like Iriola, who has worked under Mar- or played under Marcelo Bielsa in that Atletico Bilbao team years ago. And they clearly see an idea that he's got and an ideology of how he wants to play. And that's really what they're looking to do. So whilst I maybe disagreed with the decision at the time on, on their side of things to get rid of Gary O'Neill, you can see it's really worked out for them now. It's taken a lot of time for them to get going, but now they seem to be really clicking and playing really exciting football. And then you look at Gary O'Neill as well, and he's at Wolves and he's doing well at Wolves as well, despite the contentious decisions he's been up against in that role, I think. It worked out well for both sides, I think, in the end. Um, but yeah, at Bournemouth, I think Iriola's got something really good going on there. So it's going to be a test. And I think what's impressed me so far is their ability to to do different things within the games. They're, they're happy to defend low block and, and suck up pressure and, and hit on the counter-attack. And I think that, that can be evidence obviously didn't watch the full game but I think watching highlights against United they were really effective on the count on the counter attack I think they only had 30% possession as well so so really made good use of the rare chances they did to did have to to break forward um 4-2-3-1 seems to be the formation that that um Iriola settled on and, and he's doing um the most positive work for for him at the moment um I think they did try and play with five at the back against Man City and, and were hit for six. Um, so, yeah, four two three one is is what they're settled on at the moment. And, and just looking at some of their key threats, we mentioned Dominic Solanke, a, a, a player we know well from, from our time in the Championship, um, a natural goal scorer, somebody that, that um, didn't really work out for him at, at Liverpool, but he's found a, found a home at Bournemouth and he's proven to be a, a really, I wouldn't say top, Premier League striker, but he's certainly in that sort of second second bracket. Um, Tavernier and Semenyo as well, two other players we know from from our Championship days and and really creative talent. Two players that I didn't really expect to, to perform as well in the Premier League as, as they have done. So um, credit to them, credit to Iriola and his predecessor for for getting the most out of them. Um, where else do you see them being a threat? You sort of look at the couple of players we know from our championship days and it's quite easy to to say those. But is there anybody else that, that's impressed you in a Bournemouth shirt um, from a, from a, an attacking or defensive standpoint? I think there's a couple of players in there that look really good and like they could play at, potentially at a higher level. Uh, Philip Billings, got to have a mention. He's an absolute monster in that midfield and he causes problems anywhere he plays on, whether that's defensively or going forward. He's such a big unit, so... He's going to cause problems in the box and our defence are going to really have to be on it to contend with him. And then also at the back, they, they brought in Senesi from the Dutch league 
and it took him a bit of time to settle. But now he's looking really composed. He's looking like a really solid part of that defence, which the defence, when you look at it, is a bit of a... Initially, it looks like a bit of a mismatch of players where they've got players that were there before and players they've brought in later on. But they look to have really settled now. With Neto behind them in goal, he seems like a real leader. He's played for clubs like Valencia as well. So he's got... I guess he's got some big pedigree as well and he provides that base to go forward with. Yeah, as you say, I think that can probably be said about the whole team when you say it's a bit of a, um, I guess, mix and match in terms of there's there's experience in the squad, there's youth, um, there's creativity, there's, you know, they can go direct. I think that's a, a really uh, important thing in the Premier League, especially club like Bournemouth, where there are games where you're expected to, you know, sit back and... and suck up a load of pressure like they had to well, not necessarily pressure um, against Manchester United but where they're naturally going to see less of the ball um, you know you play against Man City you play against Arsenal like we did and that's the general expectation that you're not going to see much of the ball but there are games like they'll probably be viewing this one where they're going to see more of the ball um, it's where the more creative players your Taverniers your Semenos are going to probably become more um, effective and, and I guess more of a burden on them to to um, you know create and, and carve open the loot and defence. So they've had to that they've you know got abundance of talent in that squad, but they're also uh, real physical monsters in there. You mentioned Billen. Um, they had Lerma, didn't they? Um, before uh, they got sorry, I mean Lewis Cook as well. I think is another person that that really sums up the fact that they've got real variety in in midfield options uh so yeah i think they're a team that that can play in different ways and i think that's how you you best approach the premier league and i think they're seeing the full benefits of that and a player that's really thriving at the moment by the looks of it is ryan christie uh he went a bit under the radar when he initially joined but he seems to be very very popular with uh bournemouth fans and pundits alike at the moment he's been brilliant in their last few games I think he's been playing slightly deeper in the team rather than out wide I think they've dropped him more central and he seems to be making them tick a bit as well which is I guess real positive for them 100% and just looking at a couple of key individuals that that have been missing I think they'll be missing for the game as well Um, I'm not entirely sure but Max Ahrens of course he's got his Luton connections um, a player that's that's always um you know Luton fans always keep an eye on given um given of course his Luton connections it seems that he had a real positive start to the season and if he is missing still then then you know I'd, I'd say it's a blow but they've also got um, Adam Smith who provides a as reliable of a service as, as anyone and then Alex Scott who was wanted by multiple clubs for for, for a fair few years um after excellent rise at Bristol City two players that are expected to be missing the game um not entirely sure how true that will be um but, but I guess um I guess Finn that's credit to Iriola that two important individuals are missing and he's still managing to, to get a fine tune out of his team yeah so you've got to give credit to the manager for that they've got some You've mentioned the two there that are missing. They've also brought in players like Tyler Adams, who's I don't think he's played for them yet. Um, so they're really making that team work with the options they've got. And they've got a real wide variety of attackers that they can pick from as well, whether they want to go direct with someone like Kiefer Moore or play a bit more interlinked with the likes of Lewis Sinister or Justin Clivert. So there's a real variety of names in there that 
he can bring in. He's really made the most of what he's got in front of him. And then let's talk Luton Town. That's why most of the people watching and listening are here. Um, we, like Bournemouth, are a team with confidence at the moment. Sounds strange after two defeats, but I think when you when you take into account performance and the strength of opposition, we have to be impressed and, and confident with, with what we've seen in, in recent weeks. Um, of course, Bournemouth, as we've mentioned, a tough, tough test. How do you see Rob Edwards approaching this one? Because as a sort of the, the two last games, we've had to be patient in times, but we've also chosen the, the perfect times to press and, and cause problems. Do you think that that's a similar plan? Do you think we're going to concede a lot of possession to, to try and play this counter-attacking way? Or do you think we'll be more dominant and effective with the ball at our feet? I'd like to think we'll have a bit more of the ball than we've had against Arsenal and Man City. We've certainly not had an abundance of the play to take advantage of. But against a team like Bournemouth, you've really got to make the most of the ball and once you get it, you need to do something with it. And so someone like Ross Barkley was going to be really important to that, creating chances, often starting in a deeper area as well. Um, Lukonga's likely to come in, I imagine, with uh, Nakamba out. Um, and he can pass the ball around. He's got a good range of pass and he's been at Arsenal, so he knows what he's doing. Um, so whilst I've, we haven't had much of the ball against the likes of Arsenal or Man City, I think we will have more against Bournemouth and we really need to make the most of that. And not be wasteful in possession as well. I think it's important that if we are dominating the ball at any point, we need to get that goal and have have something to really defend as well. So be a goal ahead or maybe two goals ahead if we can do that. Because if we're constantly trying to push at them and they're sitting behind the, behind the ball, we may struggle to break them down a bit more. Whereas we've been playing against teams that are a bit more open because they're trying to come at you with numbers. But Bournemouth will be organised and they'll be ready to defend. So we really need to make the make the most of when we have got the ball. Yeah, and uh, I think when people make the assumption that you know you're playing against Bournemouth, it's a step down in quality from from Arsenal and Man City. Naturally, means you know Luton can go out and and win this comfortably. I never get that argument because this game presents a completely different challenge um, in, in terms of how the mindset is. I think when you go into those Arsenal and Man City games, it's it's like a David and Goliath uh, kind of um, mindset that you go in with. But I think for, for Luton to survive this Premier League season, it, it, we know that it's about games like this and, and getting points out of games like this and, you know, effectively playing a different way to, to those um, games that we just mentioned about. I'm just going to touch on formation um, because we've flirted with 4-2-3-1 a few times this season. And... You know, we, we, the, the five at the back, the five-two-three seems to be the the favoured one uh, so far. Do you think there's potential for us to match them up in a four-two-three-one? I know that would have been much easier to do if we had Nakamba available, um, Nakamba, Lukonga, and, and Barkley making up that midfield three. But could Pelly come back in um, alongside Lukonga, allowing Barkley that little bit forward? Would you think that that sort of five-two-three? Um, we're, we're building into it and, and you know, it's part of our, our identity now. I mean, I think we've looked very solid with that back five. We've, obviously, we've not kept clean sheets yet, but we're given that defensive base and helping out Kaminsky when he needs it, having that extra man in defence. But I guess it does take away a man going forward when you've got an extra man in defence and lost someone in midfield. We 
have been overrunning midfield slightly against the teams that have an extra man. So I think it going to a four at the back with an extra man in midfield does give us that extra person to play as well and give us another option. But we have to look at the defence first and foremost. Obviously, it's defence that wins your games, really. Um, and can we defend with a back four successfully against teams? Because Bournemouth aren't going to be an easy team to beat or to defend against. They've got really good attackers, as we've previously mentioned. So it's whether Rob Edwards is confident enough in his defence to start a back four or whether he decide, decides to stick with a back five, do what they know and do what they've been doing all season. So whilst I would like to see them try a back four at some point, I'm not sure when that will be. And it might be worth waiting for Nakamba to come back so we can have that two-man pivot in midfield with Nakamba and Lukonga. I'm going to put you on the spot now, Finn, with a score prediction for Saturday's game at Bournemouth. I'm going to predict a 1-0 Luton win. I like the positivity. I'm going to I'm going to remain positive and it's probably more a reflection on, on Luton and how confident we can be uh, following recent performances. I'm going to go 2-1. Um, I think, yeah, I, I, I think Adebayo again is going to get on the score sheet. He's he's been really really impressive since coming in and, and taking that that starting uh, position. I think he's very much a confidence player as well. I think when he's thriving in confidence, he he can you know cause problems for absolutely anyone as as uh, sort of evidenced on on Sunday um, against Ruben Diaz not only did he did he win that towering header but i think he turned him round a few times more than more than most can do to to Ruben Diaz uh, so yeah i think add a bio to get on the score sheet again and i think i think it's about time we saw Townsend score a uh, um, long range effort so that's my my two scorer predictions as well as my score prediction when we come back, we are going to do the LTFC Tenable. We are back with the second. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Part of today's episode, and now, Finn, it's time for LTFC Tenable. If you don't know how this works, we've got two categories today. We're starting with uh, most minutes in this Premier League season. Um from a Luton perspective, so we're, I'm after the the ten players with the most minutes in a Luton shirt in Premier League action. Um, let's have your number one, Finn. So number one is going to be Kaminsky. Yes, he's played every single minute so far, I believe. Yeah. Um, so yeah, number one, Thomas Kaminsky. Then Colton Morris. Colton Morris is number two. That's a nice, nice, uh, healthy start. 
Alfie Doherty. Doherty is number five with 1,064 minutes. Oh, um, oh it's got, we've rotated a bit. So. Is Ted and Mengi in there? Mengi is number nine. Yeah, so he just about makes the list with 861 minutes. Nakamba? Nakamba is number four with 1,133. So that is one, two, four, five, and nine. Ogbené? Ogbené is there, That um, number seven with 938 minutes. That's a bit of a gamble because he's missed a game or so, but Lockyer? Lockyer is number three, so... 1,172 minutes and, and just to go through who you've got so far. So you've got the top three of Kaminsky, Morris, Lockyer. Oh, you've got four as well and five. One, two, three, four, five. Um, so you're after six, eight and ten. Is, is Pelly in there? Pelly doesn't make the list, unfortunately. That is one life. Ross Barkley. Ross Barkley makes the list number 10 with 805 minutes. Who else is in there? Who have we had a lot of this season? Um, I'll tell you why it's difficult. It's difficult because there are a lot of players around the the 800 minute mark that haven't made it. Um, So yeah. There's a few we've seen a a fair bit of that aren't always consistently in there. Um, Is... Oh, who is it? Who could it be? Is Chong's not in there? Is Chong in there? Chong's not in there, no. No, he's one of those that sort of just misses out. Um, yeah, he wasn't too far off that 800-minute that mark um, with, with Ross Barkley, 805. Um, so, yeah, we, we're still looking for 6 and 10. Uh, 6 and 8, sorry. Um, 6 has accumulated 961 minutes. And eight has accumulated nine hundred twenty-one, so it's not too much variation. Oh, who could it be? Who is it? Um, it's a bit of a stab in the dark, but it's Kabore in there. Kabore is that is your number six with nine hundred sixty-one minutes. So is the final one Adebayo? It's not. No, incredibly, um, Adebayo is only on five hundred fifty odd minutes this season. And he's our top goal scorer with four. Um, so, yeah, fair play out of bio for that, that ratio. Who is the last? Can you narrow it down to an area of the pitch? I can. I can. Um, it's a defender. Is it Amari Bell? It is Amari Bell, yeah. I think, yeah, Saturday's game has taken him into to that list. Um, yeah, Mari Bell with 921 minutes. So just to go through that again, that is Kaminsky, number one, with 1,440 minutes. Morris with 1,196. Uh, closely followed by Tom Lockyer, 1,172. Nikamba, 1,133. Doughty, 1,064. Kabore, 961. Ogbene, 938. Bell 921, Mengi 861, and Barkley 805. 
that is what I'll consider as the easier list of today, Finn. Um, we move on to the second one. And for the second one, I want the last 10 league victories that we've won by two plus goals. So 2-0, 3-1, 4-2, they all count. Um, and this will give you a hint. I'll include playoff games. It's included in the playoff games. Okay, so first it's Sunderland. Sunderland, that's number one. So in terms of the numbering of this, the most recent is first and it just yep. descended. Um, yeah, so so Sunderland 2-0 at home. That is number one. Last time we won by, by two or more goals. It's two Rotherham. Two is Rotherham. Two is Rotherham. Um, two nil away. Uh, I believe Corley Woodrow scored, didn't he, on that on that day? If I remember rightly, it was yeah. a, that was a good away day. Um, I mean Watford's in there. Watford is there. That's number four. That was the the two nil uh, uh, result that not well, no Luton fan will will forget anytime soon. That is for sure. So there is there is one in between that Rotherham away and Watford at home. Oh. Who is that one? Um, we're not included in cup games, are we? We're not, no. Oh, QPR's in there then. Which one do you want? Which QPR one do you want? Away from home. Away from home is number six, the 3-0 three nil, three nil win. So what you've got one, two, four, and six. Mm, Blackpool in there? Blackpool is there. That's your, that's your number three. 3-1 at home. Pelly scored two on that day. Um, one, two, three, four, and six got so far. Um, so five, seven, eight, nine, ten to, to go. Oh, it's it's actually quite difficult. Um, oh, there's QPR in there a second time. QPR in there a second time. Yeah, from the, the home win, 3-1. Um yeah, I think that was the was that the first time we we beat QPR since we, since uh, return to the championship. I remember both of them. We've, I mean, scoring three against them twice was. I remember the away game more so because that was seeing them empty out that stadium so quick. <laughs> yeah, so uh, you've got one, two, three, four, six, and seven. Um, I think that QPR home one, for a bit of reference, was either October or September. I think so there's some before before then as well yeah so there's three before that QP, three before that that home victory against QPR I know there's one in against Wigan but I don't know if it's cup or league are you going for it I'm going to go for Wigan yes it was it was a league um, yeah because we hadn't been in the cup didn't we during the same time and, and we had to go back up to their place and it was all a bit confusing what game meant what um, 2-0 I think that was when was it Adebayo scored or Cornet scored that well worked goal um, can't remember which way round it was I think it was um, Adebayo if we're going back to before that first QPR game then that's really early on last season then I'll give you a clue that all all the remaining three were last season yeah so one of them in there is Hull City away from home. And was that when Lansbury whipped out the lawnmower celebration? He, did. he brought out the uh, 
the lawnmower celebration and um yeah i think that was a day as well where whole city tried the tactic of sacking their manager the day of the game um yeah one that we haven't seen too often in football and one that, that sort of backfired to be fair so that was oh. number eight so the the two that you've got to go are also uh before that whole game before the whole game we beat it's Cardiff and we definitely beat Cardiff but was it by I can't remember if it was by two goals I'm going to go with Cardiff unfortunately Cardiff isn't in there um was that 2-1 I think they might have scored late on oh yeah we, we definitely scored two that game yeah yeah I think they I think they scored a decent goal um yeah but but yeah they they they're not in it so that's the first life gone um to try and help you narrow it down, there's a home one in there and there's an away one in there. Both results were 2 0. We don't get that many 2 0, obviously, <laughs> otherwise, it would have been, I would have got this a lot earlier. Um, oh, I've got a feeling one of them's a, a Northern team. Who is it, though? I've got to narrow it down to the Northern teams in the Championship, and it's not how we've had them. Um, It's the home one. Who did we beat 2-0 at home? Is it, it's not Blackburn, is it? It was Blackburn, yeah. Blackburn, so that's number nine. So the, the last one is an away victory that, that was before that Blackburn. Um, in that Blackburn. Okay, didn't Reese Burke score an absolute thunder, thunderbolt? I think so. Was it Morris definitely scored that day? Yeah, I can't really remember. He must have scored. He scored so many last season. Um, who was the first one? Um, so the first one, if I remember correctly, yeah, I think it was our first win of the season because obviously we had that difficult start. Didn't win enough first four. Oh, um, first win of the season. Swansea. It was Swansea. And I'll tell you, Morris definitely scored in that game. I think that was there. I do remember. Yeah, I watched that one on iFollow. Yeah, yeah, that was... That was a good one. Um, I think Morris came on. Did he come on and score? Or I don't know. It, it, it's mad how much I can forget from. It feels like ages season. ago now as well. That was yeah, yeah. Um, that, yeah, it, it completely does. Um, so yeah, there you go. That is all ten. You completed both boards. Fair play to you. When I was when I was putting that last one together, I was worried. I was thinking this could be quite difficult. It's just um, like, I mean, it, finding any game where we've won by two goals was really just had to rack your brain. See how many we. Yeah, I genuinely thought we were going to have to go into like 2020, 21 season to find find ones because, yeah, there wasn't too many. Um, but yeah, that's why I included the playoff one. I think it was to try and make sure that everything was, was from last season. I wonder when the first time we win by two two or more goals in the Premier League will be. Hopefully, it's this weekend against Bournemouth. Well, that is all for today. Big thank you to you, Finn, for joining. A big thank you to everybody watching, listening back home, as mentioned at the top of the show. If you've liked this video, like it on YouTube, like it wherever you're watching or listening, uh, share it, subscribe to our channel. And hopefully when we bring in that pod, we're talking about three extra points. It's goodbye from us.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.